What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles, and you're listening to another wrestling podcast. It's time for uh, another wrestling podcast. Right, all right, all right. Welcome to another wrestling podcast. This is episode 181. I am your Mark of Marks, Credo. And I'm Minority Mike. I'm everyone's favorite asshole, social assassin, angry cooter bitches. Another show, another wrestling podcast, guys. Uh, A lot of things are happening this week. If you're tuning in for the first time ever, anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. But uh, a look ahead, we're going to be speaking to Dangerous Danny Davis, courtesy of Scott Wilder Promotions. Guys, he's going to be at the New England Fan Fest on June 2nd and April 6th to the 8th at WrestleCon. Dangerous Danny Davis is going to be joining another wrestling podcast for the first time. Uh, if you want to meet Danny Davis, make sure you head on over to facebook.com slash scottwilderpromotion. Guys, another week. Uh, oh I'm, shit, Booker T's back. What's going on, Book? <laughs> he was uh, so excited at me last what? week, man. When, uh, yeah, I'm, when I see you in a Starbucks, cool. <laughs> I'm a caramel macchiato, your ass. Yeah. Uh, you know what? We've been ripping each other for years. On okay, I'm going to cut you off right now, and I'm just going to apologize to everybody that I accidentally said the wrong ban two weeks ago. I apologize. Okay, I, I, I'm ripping on Booger T, and, and <laughs> I have the tables have turned. The thing is, though, like I knew the right band. Oh, For sure some reason, I just said the wrong band, but nobody on this panel corrected me. <laughs> I didn't want to, like, because you know what the fucking funny part was? Because I, w- I was pretty drunk at that point, and I'm like, wait a minute, Led Zeppelin didn't do Freebird. No, Leonard Skinner. But I couldn't. But I was so drunk that I couldn't think of the band name myself. But at least I knew it was wrong the second you said it. Yeah. Well, I Well, another reason to tune in each week, guys. Uh, You know, one thing we've been talking about, like you said, even two last week, 205 Live, the must-see show uh, has been happening. 205 Live has been the must-see show, guys. They they finalized, or not finalized, we're in the second round of brackets uh, towards WrestleMania for towards a new Cruiserweight champion. Are you guys happy with this direction of uh, 205 Live? It's... uh, it's a lot better, huh? Now that they're not doing such silly things anymore without Enzo, right? You know what? First off, the the must-see show is not 205 Live. It is the Mixed Mash Challenge, after all. Mr. Cologne, would you agree? <laughs> well, I mean, the segue off of 205 Live for just one second, yeah. We have to. We have to. <laughs> this started well, years ago. Let me throw this out there, where... Fucking Alexa Bliss is on Periscope, and Mike Cologne uh, comments, "Bang my friend Angry Cooter," and screenshots it, and then just texts me this picture, and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Now he's on the Mixed Match Challenge. What did you do to? Was it last week? You said something. I, I don't know why. I, I've just become a troll lately. Every Tuesday night <laughs> for this for this show, and because it's on Facebook. And Michael Cole gave us a, a demonstration about how you can interact and comment. So I took Michael Cole's advice and I interacted. And I just repeatedly just kept saying Lana spelled backwards is anal. 
and damn <laughs> how many times <laughs> I was marked for spam. I think they saw it there. And then yesterday, of course, Charlotte's on. So I have to I have to tweet because Angry Cooter loves Charlotte. Oh, yeah. <laughs> had to, well, had to I had beaten him to it because I, I sent out, I said, Mike Cologne loves uh, Charlotte's uh, droopy left because I didn't want to put, like, you know, any dirty words in there. But last week, what was it that you wrote during the Lana match? Lana and Angry Cooter sex tape about to drop. Yeah, Lana and Angry Cooter sex tape about to drop. <laughs> what Shit's fire. What's great about this is that while you're signed in on Facebook and you're friends with you, it says so and so is watching with you. And then right. it shows you their most recent comment. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, if you want some entertainment during this mix match challenge, just watch the comments because I'm going in every Tuesday night. <laughs> it's going in. He's uh, ang- <laughs> Minority Mike has entered the DMs, uh, entered your direct messages, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it, it is interesting. It is. Uh, it definitely makes it a must-see chat room, if you will. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> let's go back to the must-see show now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Segway. I, I, I have to say, watching 205 Live it, for the past month, it's been very interesting for me. I, I, I before when Enzo was a champion and we had these fairy tale storylines going on, I just it was painful to even tune in. I just didn't want to, but now. I, I want to tune in. Like I'm just drawn in, especially with guys like Roderick Strong, and and Blake Murphy last night looked incredible. The the what is his nickname? The the hidden secret, the best kept secret. Secrets out, ladies and gentlemen. The guy can work. Um, it, it's just great. You could tell Triple H is in the driver's seat because we're getting legit wrestling. I mean, that match between Mustafa Ali and Jack Gallagher was just incredible. I'm I'm loving every second of this and. It just sucks. I mean, Phoenix was a decent crowd. Like, they, they were smart fans. But it just sucks when these guys go out there and you know sitting home as a fan, you're getting the best wrestling on TV besides NXT. Yet the fans that are in attendance just don't appreciate it as much. And that it pisses me off sometimes. But other than that, I just ignore the fans and I just enjoy the wrestling because it's just great. And if anybody that's listening right now wants to disagree with me then just tweet at me at mike cologne for real because i'm telling you right now if you disagree with the fact that 205 live is the must-see show you're just really not giving it a chance i i don't think that it's that they don't care about the wrestling mike i think it's more the fact that they've sat through a two-hour show of smackdown and then had to probably sit through 20 25 well, minutes yeah of and that, that mixed that, match challenge and they're just shot by the end of the night that's one of the reasons why I, I do agree with you on that that is one of the main reasons another reason is because you know you're, you're having 205 live in a city like ohio or, or like a city like kentucky or, or like you know those cities that aren't smart wrestling fans that don't know these guys like when a mark haskins comes out like these fans don't react because they don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they don't care. You know, well, some of the fans aren't going to care. They're just going to drift off and not pay attention. And majority of the fans are just going to be on their phones. And a lot are pretty much sticking around because there's an advertised dark match with like an AJ Styles or an Nakamura. So they're waiting for that match to happen. Yeah. Well, you know, we got eight weeks left. Uh, we're gonna have the final match at WrestleMania. But guys, it's uh, the eight guys left in this. Uh, who are you picking? Who's your favorite? We have Cedric Alexander, 
TJP, Roderick Strong, Kalisto, Mustafa Ali, Buddy Murphy, Drew Gulak, and Mark Andrews. Guys, WrestleMania time. Who's walking right, away with that cruiserweight? Time out. Let's let this. I've been on board with this reboot ever since you know Enzo dropped the belt. I'm gonna say this right now because I was really looking forward to to a lot that's been going on, and I've been enjoying it. So I don't want to be too critical, but this bracket fucking sucks dick. All right. If if I could have ideally me uh, a finals at WrestleMania, I would want a Cedric Alexander versus a TJP or a Roddy Strong. All right. They're all on the same side of the bracket. I mean, uh. Nothing about the right side really excites me. I mean, Mark Andrews had a good first outing. I would have loved to have seen him versus a Jack Gallagher in, in the next round. I, uh, him and Gulak could be fun. But, I mean, realistically, the guys that I would want to fight each other in the finals are on the same side of the bracket. And uh, it, it's it, it's tough because I, I think for me, TJP and Cedric Alexander would be great. Cedric should have been made champion against Enzo had he not been fired. And to put him against TJP, the winner of the first Cruiserweight Classic, would have been a pretty cool little storyline that they could have had going there. Or that underdog story of a Roddy Strong versus a TJP, or even a Roddy versus Cedric. I mean, that's just the way I would have went. It's, it's, I, I'm really not excited for... But then again, you know what? Stranger things have happened. I want to see how this all pans out, because... You know what? Maybe we haven't seen the best out of some of these guys that that I'm really not all that familiar with. I'm not too familiar with Buddy Murphy. I'm not too familiar with Mark Andrews. So I'm still going to give it a chance. But for what I was hoping for, not really happy. Everything everything you just said right there is what makes it a must-see. Yeah. Because you don't know what's going to happen on that side of the bracket. I mean, it, that bracket is stacked. And if you want my honest opinion, the other side of the bracket is very predictable. Uh, Ju Gulak is going to the finals. I'm going to say that right now. I, in my honest opinion, it's it's going to be Ju Gulak on that side. And you know what? As much as I love a guy like Cedric Alexander, I'm going for Roddy Strong because I want to mm-hmm. see something good with this guy. And I think him and Ju Gulak in the ring at WrestleMania, that – that's a moment for me as a fan because I followed both of these guys on the indie scenes and that and it's going to be an incredible thing to watch. Uh, and you kind of said it before too. I mean, uh, before the whole thing happened with Enzo, it, it pretty much seemed like Cedric Alexander would have been that next guy to take the, the Cruiserweight Championship. I personally would see him. I, I almost see it as if it was the two top guys before all this nonsense happened. It's not nonsense, but the whole thing with Enzo. But uh, being Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali, I feel like they're still kind of, you know, that the backbones of the cruiserweight division, even though we got some new uh, blood injected into this tournament. I think it might even just be those two against each other at WrestleMania, just because it's almost like they have the seniority, if you will. Like a guy like Buddy Murphy, who's doing awesome, he just joined the cruiserweight classic, and I don't know if they're ready to give him a, a main event match at WrestleMania. I think Mustafa and Cedric have definitely been the workhorses in the background, and they almost deserve this match at WrestleMania. Granted, I would love to see Drew Gulak in there too, and even Kalisto, but eh, that's another thing, another day. But at the end of the day, Kalisto. I, yeah, I don't want to see Kal- Kalisto. Come on, Roddy Strong. Good cruiserweight, but oh, come sucks. on, he was he a champion. 
Do you know what I worry about, honestly? It, the, the only person I really worry about is fucking Roddy Strong. Because if he's not going to the finals in that tournament and being at WrestleMania, uh, what happens when this, this tournament is over? Does he stay there or do we ship him back to NXT? I, I think this is the best place for him, honestly, for now, anyway. Well, the one- Credo, Credo, you brought up something that I, I just completely forgot. that I, I forgot about Mustafa Ali, that he's on that side of the bracket with Drew Gulak. So once again, now, now I'm just like, I'm questioning my pick with Drew Gulak. Because Mustafa Ali's on on the top of the bracket. Technically, Mustafa Ali's the number one pick on that side of the bracket, and Gulak's on the number two bracket. So, so this is going to be interesting for me to watch now. No, for sure. Uh, it's it, it, once, once again, you know, I didn't really care too much about 205 Live because it was just it was too hokey. It, it, fucking uh, gentleman Jack Gallagher with his fucking flying umbrella. I was like, that's it. They ruined it. They ruined the cruiserweight division. But you know, it's it's getting interesting. Uh, we're down for it. We're we're enjoying it, guys, and that's the whole point. Uh, but thanks for joining us once again, guys. This week coming up is going to be special. Once again, really quick, Landy Poffo is coming to another wrestling podcast, coming to Poughkeepsie, coming to our hometown. We're going to be taking him March 2nd to WrestleFest in Waterbury, Connecticut, northeastwrestling.com, March 3rd in Poughkeepsie, New York at Darkside Records, and then at night from 5 to 7 at Heroes Hideout in Rensselaer, New York. Next week, Lanny Poffo, guys, uh, finally, he's going to be uh, heading over here for another wrestling podcast. We talked some 205 Live. There's a lot of other things that happen in the world of wrestling. Let's get right into the week that was. Guys, uh, Raw surprised us. Raw was probably the best show this week, and for the good. I mean, it's WrestleMania season. Uh, this is the kind of shows that I love to see. I did not, did not expect for pretty much half of the show to be one match almost. The Raw Gauntlet match uh, went down in history as the wrongest Raw match for Seth Rollins. Uh, guys, it, this is almost borderline uh, the yes movement again to where Seth shined over two top talent, John Cena, Roman Reigns. It's almost like, well, yeah, forget about Roman Reigns. Let's just stick Seth in the main event. What was so great about this match and just made uh, Raw the must-see to tune in. Uh, this is exciting. We're on that road to WrestleMania, and this is what's happening. That match was way too fucking long. Once Seth was gone, I had absolutely no interest in, in watching the rest of that match because fr- from what I could tell, it just looked like, all right, we're building it for Braun to look strong again and be that last guy in there. And we, we make Seth Rollins look strong. We're making Braun look strong. And, you know, apparently, according to, you know, the interwebs and the dirt sheets and, you know, our very own Booker T, we're getting Roman in the main event at WrestleMania anyway. So why make all these guys look strong and for what? I'm going to disagree. I thought even though it was long, I thought it was great. I mean, I thought it was something different. I mean, we we all complain about Raw every week that there's too much talking. There's too much backstage stuff. There's too much hoking around. They gave us straight wrestling from the beginning of the match of the night up till about the, the third hour of Raw. And Seth Rollins definitely... I mean, I've always thought Seth Rollins was a great performer, but like he really shined last night, and he kind of separated himself from where he was previously booked as just a tag team wrestler. And then once Seth Rollins got out, I, I still thought the match itself was very entertaining. And we, I, all, I already knew that Braun was going to be the last guy in there. 
and and the way that they they booked it was perfectly because Roman can't go long like that. So Roman first getting eliminated was fine. I didn't think he was going to get through Cena. I thought Cena was going to find his way through that, but that definitely happened. He beat Cena. I, I thought it was incredible. For once, Vince McMahon took a chance on something because this could have flopped, but he took the chance to do this long match, and I thought it was successful. You can't do this every week, Vince, but when you do do it, you do a great job. And then after that, after the gauntlet match, that's when Raw kind of just fell apart because everything was just everything after that just kind of went downhill. No, for sure. Uh, you know, it was one of those things though too, where you know Seth Rollins, ever since he was injured, he has not held the the main championship. He hasn't been the WWE champion uh, since he you know he was out, and it almost seemed like he had that scarlet letter of ah, let's not do anything with him anymore. He teamed with Dean Ambrose, he teamed with Jason Jordan, and I thought that was like purgatory right there, fucking hell for him. And lo and behold, Jason Jordan gets injured, and look at this little blessing we get to where you give something back to Seth Rollins for everything, you know, he's kind of been, he should be used for. I mean, that t- he's such an awesome wrestler, awesome talent, he should not be riding, you know, second fucking fiddle to Jason Jordan, and just that opportunity Monday, man, that, that match uh, showing him that he is still a top player definitely changes the WrestleMania landscape in my eye, and I... I hope he doesn't get something stupid at WrestleMania. I hope this actually gives him something good. To Something good. I don't know. Guys, uh, hell froze over yet again. Jeff Jarrett is going into the WWE Hall of Fame. A lot of people surprised by this. Uh, is it well-deserved, guys? <laughs> well, what's, what, Double J, Jeff Jarrett. Oh, God. I hope when they uh, run that video package right before they bring him out, which they do for everybody. They show Vince McMahon firing him as a rib on live television when they did the simulcast with fucking Raw Nitro. That was one of the funniest things I think I've ever seen. Granted, the guy lost his job. It's not all that funny, but I mean, the fact that you legitimately, for real deal, got fired and pretty much excommunicated on live TV, pretty historic moment. Other than that, let's be honest, Jeff Jarrett, Fucking damn good wrestler. Damn good performer. Um, t- from his first incarnation as the fucking country singer to the hey slap nuts while holding the guitar. And just all around. The guy started a promotion, which is, I mean, is, is, is garbage now. But, I mean, the guy's done big things for the business. If anybody deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, it's that fucking jabroni. Even though, because of him... There are those marks out there who still think TNA this day is still fucking awesome. And I think they should all eat a dick and get gonorrhea. Oh, that's nice. Well, Well, I'm a nice guy, yeah. Yeah. Well, what Jeff Jarrett is getting inducted, is Vince just going to say, screw him, and we're just going to deduct the – or induct the double J character? Because that's the picture I see, the – the early 90s Double J Jeff Jarrett Be My Baby Tonight guy on the graphic. I don't see like a Jeff Jarrett like slap nuts character. I, I, I don't know. It, it's it's crazy. Like I, I remember someone telling me that there was a rumor of Jeff Jarrett being that might be inducted. And, and I said, I don't believe it until I see it because last I've heard Vince fucking hates this guy. I mean, from the relationship, how Jeff pretty much tried to hold him hostage 
or he wouldn't go out there and perform, I believe it was. Just the relation. He just never liked Jeff. So the fact that he's going to be on WWE television again, I mean, maybe uh, Vince is very much burying a lot of hatchets. I'm, look what he did with Warrior. Um, who, who else was it? The Bret Macho Hart. Man's family? Bret Hart? Bruno? Bruno. You know what? Let's, yeah. let's be honest. A lot of this is probably more Triple H than it is Vince. Oh, yeah. So, I mean – I remember them saying how Triple H was the one who was trying to get Bruno for the, for, for the Garden Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, and that that was cool because, I mean, Credo, I know you were in the building. I was in the building. You know, that was an awesome moment just to see Bruno finally get it and finally make amends. And a, a lot of that is Triple H because I think he is a little bit more diplomatic than Vince where it's like, screw you, you're fired. Screw you! I only care about titties. Well, you, you know, you brought up too, Mike, is that the the names going in Double J, Jeff Jarrett, you know, and it was Razor Ramon that went into the, the Hall of Fame, not Scott Hall, and it was the Godfather that went in, not Charles Wright. I that's my little gripe about the Hall of Fame is that yes, Razor Ramon is Scott Hall, but why can't we just induct Scott Hall, who was Razor Ramon, and so on and so forth. And why can't we just induct Charles Wright, who was, you know, the Godfather and the Good Papa Father, Shango. Papa Shango, you know? And I, I, it's it's kind of it, it's just odd to me sometimes where you're just inducting the character, not the man himself, or who he is, you know? And it's I don't know, it's a little odd to me. I mean, some guys did get away with it. I mean, didn't they induct Kevin Nash and not Diesel? They did, yeah. Kevin Nash was the one that went in, not Diesel. And you know what's interesting about that is I, I think a lot of it has to do with some of these guys having, um, you know, problems. You know, everybody knows Scott Hall the drunk, but nobody looks at Razor Ramon as the drunk with that past. So um, maybe maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, guys, you know, uh, Ring of Honor is jumping on the bandwagon, kind of, uh, if you will, their Honor Club. They just started their nine ninety nine a month or. One hundred or ninety-nine dollars a year uh, annual VIP subscription. Uh, what did you guys? Anybody on this right now, or are you, you're going to pay for Ring of Honor and their streaming services? Uh, it's 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 live. I uh, I think I'm going to do this. I think I'm going to get it. Um, simply because they they have everything from Brian Danielson versus Nigel McGuinness matches. I mean, they they have everything in their library from what they're saying. And you have to pay extra for the live events, I believe, and what it is, the VIP um, package. I'm, I'm not sure yet. I, I don't really know too much info, but I, I think I think they're a little late to the party, to be completely honest with you. Um, but it's still something that I, I think I, I can afford to get. But I know a lot of other people out there, they already have their monthly finances kind of situated. So like another, what is the price on? Is it nine ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine? Oh yeah, it's nine ninety nine, or you can buy it for the year for a hundred bucks. Then they have the VIP subscription for one nineteen. All those little things. So I mean, what does the VIP subscription give you though? I think the live pay per views. Yeah, streaming all the pay per views uh, as well. Uh, I think it's starting though March third with Manhattan Mayhem. Uh, We the first event to stream live on it. So. Yeah. Ugh, you know, I, th- I think that's a little weird. Like, if I'm going to buy your streaming service, I shouldn't have to, like, pay extra, at least in my opinion. For exactly. the live content, I think that's really uh, – that, that's hokey. 
it makes me feel like I don't know Tommy Dreamer's running it or something. I don't fucking know. <laughs> well, that's what like the like UFC their their streaming <laughs> service. They they you can get like uh, like the free mat or not the free fights. Um, you're paying obviously you're paying nine ninety nine for the UFC network. Um, you're getting the events that they want to put on their streaming service. Um, but you have to pay extra for the pay per view. Or there, there's even some events that you can't even watch for a couple months. You have to pay for it. Um, same thing with uh, WWN. Um, with them, they have the Evolve and all that stuff. Like you can pay nine ninety nine for the month to get the library and to get all the Evolve shows, yeah. but you have to pay like fourteen ninety nine, I believe. Just and that's not fourteen ninety nine a month. That's the nine ninety nine plus. If you want to watch it live, then that's an extra fourteen ninety five a month. Yeah, there's too, too many numbers going on with this to where it's like you're not WWE, you're not that monster where you can just do this. And if you're not WWE, I wouldn't be doing nine ninety nine. I wouldn't be doing a hundred for the year. I would, I'd go so low as like five bucks. So or be the cheaper uh, alternative uh, than WWE to where. I don't want to pay the same price that I'm paying for WWE and I'm not getting as much or then I have to pay extra for a pay-per-view and it's too many numbers to work out there. And I'm like, I love ring of honor, but I don't love it that much to pay the equal price to where I'm getting more if I just paid for the WWE network. But I don't know. It's, the, it's just happening. Maybe they'll surprise us with something, but unless you get nationally syndicated through every, everybody gets the station for ring of honor, then I wouldn't be charging that much uh, for it. I'd, I'd I try to be the lower price version of what the library is pretty fucking sweet, though. I mean, if I had my my choice between, all right, I could go through WWE's library or Ring of Honor's library just for the same price. Fuck, fuck the pay-per-view shit. Uh, There's a lot of shit from Ring of Honor that I haven't personally seen that I know I would love to see. Mm. Um, I think it would someone more intriguing. You say that, and someone was telling me earlier because I've ne- we were discussing about matches we'd wanted to see, and I, I couldn't think if if a guy like Roderick Strong and Seth Rollins ever wrestled each other before, but they have actually in Ring of yep. Honor for the Ring of Honor title, and I've never seen that match. So that's a benefit of getting the Honor Club is that you can actually see that match. Mm. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. I mean, the first event's happening March third for the first streaming event. We'll see. Uh, if more people will head towards Ring of Honor's Honor Club. With Mania around the corner, I'm about to talk to a guy who uh, started Mania Crawl. I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, if you head on over to ManiaCrawl.com, if you guys like beer and you like wrestling, this is uh, where you're going to want to be come WrestleMania. All right, joining us today on another wrestling podcast, we have Jamie Mazowskis. Uh, he's in charge of this site. I don't know if you guys heard about it, Mania Crawl. Uh, let me let me tell you about this if you haven't heard about it. Uh, it's an annual event that coincides with the biggest pro wrestling show of the year, WrestleMania, obviously. Mania Crawl is bringing hundreds and millions of wrestling fans from around the world for one jaw-dropping, eyebrow-raising, trail-blazing bar crawl. Uh, when I saw this, I think we were t- I was talking to Jamie a few years ago, probably, when this all started, and I was like, this is the greatest idea. Like, you know, all the fans always try to try to meet up with everybody. All the fans over here try to, like, hey, what time are you guys going? When are you going to meet? Why not a mania crawl? So we're going to bring Jamie on. We're going to talk about this and how it got started and how everybody out there can join them, this WrestleMania. Jamie, welcome to the show, man. 
Hi, Steve. Thanks so much for having uh, having me on. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, no problem. So let's talk about this. Mania Crawl. ManiaCrawl.com. If you're listening to us right now, uh, Jamie, how did this start? And uh, what can the fans out there know if they do not know anything about Mania Crawl? Uh, basically, Mania Crawl started just like you said. It was, uh, we like to say it's for the fans, by the fans. It was an idea that we thought um, back in 2014 in New Orleans for WrestleMania 30 that it would be an event we would want to attend. And we're like, there has to be a bar crawl. And there wasn't. So we decided that we were just going to um, organize a bar crawl. <laughs> we had no intentions of, you know, doing it past New Orleans. And it just sort of snowballed into a really um, successful event the first year. And people wanted us to do keep doing it. And I had no intentions of even going to San Francisco for WrestleMania 31, and uh, here we are now, five years later, uh, getting ready for our fifth annual event back in New Orleans. Awesome. Uh, now, uh, w- tell me about this Mania Crawl. What, what, what would I expect if I was to attend this Mania Crawl? Because is it are we getting drunk before WrestleMania kind of a thing, or is it the weekend, or how does it work exactly? I mean, people will definitely be drinking. Um, when we got a lot of heat at first, when we came up with the idea, cause people, you know, with alcohol comes a lot of negativity, but, yeah. um, you know, but the fact is you can't host a charity event, a successful charity event in a library or a really calm setting. This is obviously a place where everybody's going to be socializing. Um, there's people coming from all over the world. It's a ton of amazing, fun wrestling fans having a great time. And it just because there all these people are already going to WrestleMania and you might be there with maybe a friend, two friends, you know, average group of four, you know, but you, you might go to a bar. You're not going to really you're not as likely to socialize with everybody the way that we are able to do at Mania Crawl. And it turns into a pre WrestleMania party um, and everybody is friends and it's just everybody gets along and, you know, it, there is drinking. But I would say I'm very proud to say that there's never been one incident at Mania Crawl. And it's really more about the environment and the energy and the excitement of all these fans uh, excited for the biggest day of the year, WrestleMania. Definitely. And, you know, uh, from what I understand, the event is 100% free for the fans, by the fans. And your guys, uh, you guys have a goal of raising money for, what, Connor's Cure and the Children's Hospital? Or how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. We, um, that's, that's also, you know, our, our top goal is to create an enjoyable, fun uh, event. But our right, right second of that would be to make this event mean something. So we decided to team with Connor's Cure a few years back. Um, to start raising money for that charity. So the event is 100% free. We make not a dime off the event. If anything, it costs us money to run it. We donate all the money to Connor's Cure once the event concludes. Um, We raise money through uh, just straight donations through PayPal or Venmo. Um, And we also sell T-shirts with all the proceeds going to Connor's Cure. And we collect money uh, in cash donations the day of the event. Awesome. Now, uh, if I was going to be a part of this Mania Crawl, uh, I have to sign up, right? Is it, can we register on your site? Yeah, if you want to attend Mania Crawl, just go to maniacrawl.com, hit sign up, and I'll send you to our registration page. You can then sign up um, for you and your group for free, um, as well as donate towards our um, Connor's Care. 
Awesome, man. Well, we'll have to probably call into you. Maybe you can send us some live videos. We'll get some. Uh, we'll call you live while you're down in New Orleans on the crawl. Maybe record some fun stuff for you guys. Uh, talking to fans out there would be a, a great time for the show. That uh, sounds like a great idea. <laughs> definitely. Uh, so, uh, I mean, uh, how, why just Mania? Are we going to see maybe the SummerSlam crawl or the Royal Rumble crawl? Or is it just, I mean, it's the big event every year. Everybody loves Mania, right? It's, the, it's probably the best to get everybody around that one, once a year. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, it's just it's it's hard. We we've done a couple events for SummerSlam. It's just hard to have the same type of success um, for a smaller venue, just just due to the the fact that less people are going. Um, so you know, it's it's a lot of work to put this all together. Um, so that, that's really what it is. If if there was an event um, that really had a real large stadium crowd, similar to Mania for um, another event, we would we would definitely be interested in running an event for that. Definitely. So, all right. So, I mean, we have our, I think we're around eight weeks or so till WrestleMania, uh, for 40 something days now. Um, what, what happens when you guys get down there? Is it kind of like, uh, the, the people have to follow your site or follow you on social media to figure out where you guys are? Yeah, we, we, we're going to start off, um, most likely at Pat O'Brien's, uh, not, we haven't finalized all the locations yet, but we will, everybody who signs up will be, uh, very much informed through, um, our email chain as well as Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and our website. We we make sure there there'll be no confusion come the day of the event. Uh, right now, the plan is to start at Pat O'Brien's at 11 a.m. Uh, New Orleans time, um, and we're gonna probably go to about four bars right down Bourbon Street. Nice. Well, Jamie, I can't wait. Uh, I hope you guys have a great time this year. I w- will try to get out there. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to try. Uh, but definitely, everybody listening out there, once again, maniacrawl.com. Uh, Jamie, where else can everybody find everything? Everybody can find everything on uh, your main website, right? If you if you go to the website, you can find everything you need to know. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at maniacrawl. All right. Well, last but not least, if uh, somebody's sitting at home and they're on the fence about attending Mania Crawl, why should they go? Uh this is if you want to complete your wrestling weekend. This is uh, this Mania Crawl is the event that you need to add on your to do list. It needs to be right up there um, as a, a must do. If you it, it really brings all these fans together, and it's it's sort of unexplainable how much fun it is and how ridiculous wrestling fans really are. All right, Jamie, uh, thank you so much for talking to us today. Uh, hey, we'll, we'll be getting ready for WrestleMania, so we'll see you there. All right. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Dangerous Danny Davis, brought to you by Scott Wilder Promotions. Make sure you head on over to Facebook.com slash Scott Wilder Promotion, and you guys can find out where you can meet Danny Davis uh, in the next few months. Out of all the men who have worn the black and white stripes of a WWE official, few have been as despised as my next guest, Dangerous Danny Davis. Uh, Danny, thanks for joining us today. Oh, please. It's my, my, my pleasure. I thank you for having us on. <laughs> no problem. Uh, now, I want to let everybody know. Now, uh, June 2nd, uh, you're going to be at the New England Fan Fest, and, and also April 6th through the 8th, you're going to be at WrestleCon for Scott Wilder Promotions. Uh, anybody listening right now, make sure you head on over to Facebook.com slash Scott Wilder Promotion. We'll put the links up uh, at the end of the show. Uh, but what can you tell the fans that are going to be coming out to those shows uh, to meet you? Uh, do you love meeting mean and greeting the fans? Oh, the fans are, are the greatest in the world of any any sport anywhere in the world. There's there's none like them. If it wasn't for the fans, as you know, I don't have to say this. It's been said so many times. 
they're the greatest fans that ever are, ever were, ever was, or ever will be. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Now, uh, we'll, we'll get into a little bit about the, the appearances, and we'll definitely have the links up so everybody uh, will know where to find you coming in uh, the next few months. But uh, before you wore the pinstripes, uh, you know, can you take us back to what drove you into pro wrestling? How did you get started with the, this crazy business that we all love? Well, I was a street kid at the time, and uh, my sister, my older sister, Marianne, took me to an event in Jack Witches, which is a famous arena in North Adbo, Massachusetts. That was one of the premier places to go. That was the, the place to be in the, back in the day. And uh, being a street kid, you know, my first uh, event, I was I was very angry. I was very upset at what I was seeing. But I was also impressed with what I was seeing. There were grown men there that were, and, and uh, actually wrestling and grappling. And, of course, that was before I knew that it was all, you know, of the work and stuff like that. And uh, uh, we spent a couple of... Uh, I was there, of course, and uh, watched the matches. And when I left there, uh, I was determined that, and I knew in my heart uh, that someday, somehow, I would be involved with professional wrestling. And I can't explain it to to uh, to you very well, but anybody who has or has had that happen to them to know that someday they'll be able to do this is uh, a self-explanatory. So anyway. It, it happened. I was uh, outside in the arena one time, and uh, a gentleman that was putting the rings up uh, asked if any, we would like to help put up the ring, and we would get free admission. And that was it, you know, just a free admission. So yeah, we didn't. We helped start. I started help putting the ring up, and then uh, it continued on and for months. And then I would do it after school and stuff like that. It was all local at that point. Sure. And then of course uh, after that, uh, he got fired and. Uh, Vince Vince Jr. Uh, offered me the job of taking the ring around, putting it up, and I said sure. And then, of course, and then I went into refereeing, and the rest is history. Sure. So that's basically how I get in there. Yeah, definitely. Now, uh, why uh, maybe uh, refereeing as opposed to maybe wrestling in the beginning? Was it just something you you'd ra- wanted to do rather uh, than just you know actual wrestling at that point? Well, the, the fact of the matter is that I uh, had a family at the time. And I needed more money. I mean, we were making, you know, I was getting free admission of 25 bucks a night or whatever it was, very, very minimal. Mm-hmm. So I went to Vince Jr. one time and uh, we were in Bangor, Maine, and I just approached him and said, look, I, I appreciate the work and stuff like that, but I have a family, I need more money. So he uh, said, well, how would you like to uh, try being a referee? And I said, well, of course, you know, mm-hmm. being a street kid, I see when an opportunity's uh, presenting itself, and I took advantage of it. And uh, again, and he put me in the ring and, uh, a few nights later in New Haven, Connecticut, and in my first match. And uh, from there, it continued on because I did what uh, I did a good job apparently, and they kept me going through it. So sure. that's that's how I get into that. Sure. Now, uh, how hard was it being a ref at that time too? Uh, was, well, maybe was it easy for you to adapt to it uh, first starting out, or did you have to kind of you know uh, feel it out for a few months to get used to it? Well, no. Amazingly enough, I was I, I was uh, I went right into it. I mean, there was no, I, I didn't do a bad job at all. I mean, I adapted to it, and uh, I, I became the, the wrestler. Started asking for me after a few few months about for me to be that referee in the matches and and stuff like that. So I just adapted to it. it was, I was a natural, sure. uh, and uh, 
people were really amazed that uh, if someone could just come in and do that without any training or anything like that. No, definitely. Uh, now, uh, back when you started too, wrestling wasn't uh, too well known for how the business operated. Uh, so did you have any uh, uh, angry friends or family for the way you were calling the matches back then? Or did you know were a lot of people upset maybe with how you were operating as a referee back then? Because uh, you were a little controversial. I mean, did, did, did you have any friends oh, or family members? <laughs> Well, the controversy started naturally. People would say, you know, uh, uh, you know, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And uh, <laughs> I said, I'm doing my job. What I'm supposed to do out there? I'm calling the matches, you know, as I see him and stuff like that. <laughs> and you suck, you know. <laughs> they would say you suck, you know. You know, you ain't, gonna, you, you know, they should get enough for referee and stuff like that. So uh, I didn't pay no attention to it. I just did my job as I saw fit. And, uh, and that's the way it was with me. I didn't care who liked it or who didn't. <laughs> there you go. Uh, now, uh, eventually, you were also given the opportunity to compete on the undercard as the hooded Mr. X. Uh, what was it like to actually get uh, you know, into the squared circle as uh, not being a referee for the first time? Well, it was kind of amazing. It was. Uh, I was at an arena one time, and uh, uh, Jay Strongbow uh, took a liking to me. And uh, I had been working out with a guy named Rick McGraw. I don't know if anybody remembers him. And he passed away years ago. But he actually took me in the gym and was working with me as a wrestler. And uh, uh, he actually got me. I got myself a mask. And and uh, he used to uh, work out with me in, in uh, spot shows uh, away from the WWF at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would work together and stuff like that. And then when I started going to TVs in Allentown and, uh, and, uh, and stuff like that. I would, they would put me on the card as Mr. X and, uh, it was pretty exciting and it was a learning experience. And that's actually how I learned to to really work and wrestle. Sure. The guys would help me out and stuff like that. So that I kind of had a, rather than go to a school, uh, being so busy, I couldn't do it anyway. I kind of got in the ring and, uh, uh, I was doing of course doing jobs and stuff like that, but doing jobs, you learn. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like it is today. If you made a mistake in them days, they made you pay for it, you know? (laughs) Sure. So you were very, so you paid attention to what you were doing. Yeah. (laughs) And you made it as, you know, exciting as you could and and did the job as best you could. And when people start asking for you to work with you to get them over again, it's just like when, when people start asking for you to be their referee, it it means you, you're doing your job and you're doing it right. And it's exciting. Sure. Uh, now, uh, a lot of people, uh, pro wrestlers, even fans, don't get to experience the kind of crowd that you got to experience uh, back in WrestleMania three in front of 93,000-plus screaming fans. Uh, you teamed with my favorite uh, team, the Hart Foundation. Uh, what was that like uh, as a wrestler, as a ref, as anybody just being there that night, just to be in front of that many people? Can you tell us a little bit about you know how it felt to you just to walk out and see that crowd? Well, you go back to what our first your first few questions were about how I got into it and stuff and how I knew someday I would do it and how everybody said I was crazy, that you're never going to do that and put me down and because I was a street kid, you know, you, 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 you're you never going to do that. It's an opportunity like that never comes to people like you and, uh, you know, you're not capable of doing it, that, 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 whatever. Mm-hmm. And I showed them all. I, I did make it. I pulled myself out of some bad spots and, and uh, when I walked out there in front of 90 some odd thousand, 90 plus thousand fans, you know, you made it, mm. you know, you live in your dream. And when you live a dream, 
there's no feeling in the world like it. It's hard to explain to anybody who hasn't hasn't achieved a dream in their life to know what it's like to actually go out there and look up and see all those people that that see a people out there and just say, look at me. You know, I was a street kid not too long ago, and now look at me. I'm on top of the world in the biggest event in history, in wrestling history. So when you ask me how uh, to explain that, that feeling is uh, just uh, indescribable. Definitely. Uh, Now, uh, a lot of people don't know, but uh, coming up soon, uh, Mr. X, Dangerous Danny Davis, the official autobiography, uh, is on Kickstarter right now. Uh, What can the fans uh, probably do to help uh, get this book uh, published and maybe just what what could they expect in this book because I'm definitely excited to read about this. Uh, I know it's a we're gonna like I said we're gonna give out the links later on on our site and whatnot. But uh, can you take us uh, behind the book, if you will, of uh, Mr. X? Yeah, well the story isn't uh, a, a wrestling book per se. Mm. It is about my life and my career and stuff like that. But it's not, uh, and that was part of the deal when Kenny Casanova came to me from WOHW Publishing, I said, nah, everybody's written a book, you know, you know, me writing the book wouldn't make any sense. And then we thought about it and we kicked it around and we decided we were gonna go with a different angle with the book. Mm-hmm. We were gonna write a book that shows a kid, a street kid who's come up through the bad times, who gets a break in wrestling and takes advantage of opportunities and becomes a superstar. And what the whole book is about is how People, children, especially kids, can live a dream and accomplish a dream. And no matter what anybody tells you, you can be anything you want to be. So it's an inspirational book. And you don't have to be a wrestling fan to read this book. Anybody can read this book. It's a very exciting and and, and it's a real down-to-earth, heartwarming book. And if you really, really enjoy living uh, or you have dreams that you think you can achieve, read this book and it will inspire you to accomplish what you need to accomplish. So that was the key in writing the book. And uh, Kenny Casanova really, really, really accomplished what we wanted to accomplish. And we have plans on going to uh, schools and getting this book in schools and board clubs. And I'll be going around after the book is out and uh, speaking to these kids and young adults and letting them know that I am an example of achieving a dream. So hopefully the book will be a success and hopefully people will be interested in it. And if one kid, as I said this before, if one kid or one person reads this book and achieves a goal because of this book or continues on in his life to achieve his goals, then I would consider this book a success. Definitely. I encourage all of our fans and listeners to head over to the Kickstarter page uh, and back this project. We'll, we'll definitely, like I said, we'll put the links up on our site. Uh, once uh, right. my, my, my final question to you, though, is uh, after you left the, the world of wrestling or the WWE, too, uh, was, was it hard for you to leave that world behind and just, you know, uh, wrestling's done and now you're, you're off into the, your own world, I guess, again, because it's it's a different it's a different universe, I guess, per se. But uh, was it just hard to leave that business behind? Well, it's hard for a lot of people to, to fall from grace, as it were. You know, you're on top of the world. You're entertaining millions of fans a month or a year. And, uh, but I lived my dream. And now it comes time for everybody to say, well, I lived my dream. What's next for me? What do I want to accomplish next? So I did something even harder. 
Mm. I left wrestling. I found my way in the real world and I raised a son. Mm. So that to me was another, uh, dream that I had and an accomplishment that I have and, uh, did it by myself. And so I, I lived that dream. So what's next now I'm writing a book to encourage people to help people. Think about that from a street kid to someone who's writing a book to help people uh, live their dreams. It's, it's an amazing journey. I've had an amazing life and I just want to share it with all the wrestling fans out there. And I just want to thank them. And this is my way of thanking the wrestling fans. Definitely. Well, uh, dangerous Danny Davis on remind everybody, June 2nd, the new England fan fest and April 6th through the 8th at WrestleCon with Scott Wilder promotions. Everybody please head on over to facebook.com slash Scott Wilder promotion and check out Danny Davis on Facebook as well at facebook.com slash dangerous Danny Davis. Uh, Danny, we thank you so much for your time tonight. Uh, and everything you've done for us in the wrestling world, uh, your fans definitely appreciate you. Uh, any last words for everybody coming out to see you those dates? Yes, be there. All right, bitches, this is the Angry Cooter mixtape, the musty matches of the week. I'm going to run through this bitch real quick. Raw, obviously, there was really only one match. It was the gauntlet match. But let's uh, highlight it with... Seth Rollins' performance against Roman Reigns and John Cena. Amazing, musty, that shit. SmackDown, Dolph Ziggler versus Kevin Owens. Probably the best match for uh, for a night that had a lot of lack, lackluster shit. Let's be honest. Uh, I mean, unless you're a big fan of the Bludgeon Brothers doing another fucking squash match, that was the match to watch, all right? 205 Live, my God. I'm a little upset that Jack Gallagher is fucking eliminated from this tournament because the new look, the ferocious fucking grappling, that dude was awesome and really made Mustafa Ali look great. That was the match of the night. Well, 205 Live actually had three matches this week, which I thought was weird because the buddy, uh, what's his fucking name? Buddy, uh, Buddy Murphy, Buddy Murphy. That match was awful short. So they had to put in that. Uh, that triple fucking uh, the three man tag in there in the middle that's a little fucking weird but whatever that being said NXT the musty match of the week Johnny Gargano versus Andrade Cien Almas spoiler alert spoiler alert say goodbye to Johnny Gargano but every time these two touch in the ring it is fucking magic and this did not disappoint it was kind of a predictable ending with uh, the stupid fucking Tommaso Ciampa, that gimpy cocksucker. All right, and that is the must matches of the week, bitches. Well, you know, uh, interesting point. Johnny Gargano gone, quote-unquote, from NXT. We'll see what happens, but guys, is his NXT run up? Are we going to see him on the main roster before Mania, or is this kind of a thing like the night after Mania? Or is yeah. this an addition to the cruiserweight division? I don't know. Where, where do you think Johnny Gargano will end up uh, being now? He's going to be the night after Mania because I kind of have a hunch. And this isn't a spoiler, people. This is just me booking. But I feel like Regal is going to make that match because this match has to happen between Gargano and Ciampa. It, it has to happen. Uh, Gargano or Regal is going to honor the fact that 
He's no longer in NXT, but he's going to give him one last match of NXT against Ciampa at at uh, NXT Orlando or not Orlando or New Orleans, excuse me. Marketing that as Gargano's final NXT match, I mean, I think that would be huge. I think that would help steal some of the fans away from the Ring of Honor show and bring them over to there to watch Gargano versus Ciampa, advertising it as Gargano's last match. I think that's what you do. And then either the night after on Raw or SmackDown or even 205 Live debut. Mm. Can that even happen, though? Let's be honest. I mean, Ciampa does not look anywhere near ready. I'm going to be honest with you. I've read reports that he's actually pretty much good to go. He's just selling it. All right. That's good to know because the thing with Ciampa is like – if he's not at a fucking 100 percent, that's it's like Seth Rollins last year at Mania. I don't want to see it. So I don't want them to just throw him in this match for that blow off match. But um, damn, I mean, as much as I would like to see that, and I'm sure that's what's going to happen. The the fans over at the center stage in Atlanta really did give him that that proper send off. Mm. If that was the last time we saw him. So either way, it's going to be cool to see him. Hey, who knows? Maybe uh, 205 Live, somebody gets injured and we need a alternate. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that could be another possibility. There you go. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, the reason why we're here, the road to WrestleMania has begun. We're on the last pay-per-view before Mania for Raw. The Elimination Chamber is happening this weekend uh, a little bit different chamber this year we got the women's we got the men's the first ever seven men chamber and a, a lot of other matches so let's just start from the bottom and work our way to the top and talk about this card uh first and foremost it's not a match it's going to be an in-ring contract signing ronda rousey guys is she signing her contract before or after the oscar nia Jax match uh Here's here's my problem with this, and I think they dropped the ball. Is yeah, Ronda debuted at the Rumble, and she really didn't specifically say which brand she was going to. They just automatically said it without signing a contract. They should have just had like out of nowhere, Shane and and Daniel Bryan throw out a counter offer. So now that gives you the option. Maybe she might go to SmackDown. Maybe she's going to you know, face Charlotte, or maybe she might sign Raw. It, it kind of adds more of a twist to it, I think. And for me, like this contract signing that she's specifically going to Raw, that, I, I don't really care that much, honestly. I mean, I think the fans are going to turn on her <laughs> unless like they, they put her with a guy like Paul Heyman. But I, I think they dropped the ball with that. I think they... they and to counter that back at her where we're also going to throw a contract at her too and try to outbid you guys to sign her to the SmackDown brand. I, I think that would have been a great kind of bidding war going on from then till the pay-per-view the, the help at least to, to give SmackDown a little more ratings and to give Raw a little more ratings and to give more interest into this contract signing. Mm-hmm. I think this bitch is going to get so much heat from fans it's going to be the great – she's going to be the best heel ever because these fans are just going to turn on her. Because let's be honest. As fans, we have invested in this women's division, uh, appreciated the hard work a lot of the ladies have put in. I mean this new generation of stars and wrestlers has just been fantastic. And for Ronda to come in here with her star power 
because she, you know, couldn't handle a few kicks to the head. God bless her, you know, uh, a pioneer for what she was involved in. But, uh, you know, until I see her in the ring, I really don't give a shit because <laughs> I have a feeling I really do. She's going to get this great heat. And when it comes time to perform in the ring, I think it's going to be a fucking stinker. Or as Ole Anderson would usually call it, the drizzling shits. I am calling a fucking diarrhea shit with extra corn in it. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Just I, would, I, <laughs> I know. I know that WWE is going to put everything they can uh, into making this a success uh, because I know they definitely want this to fall over to any other sport, whether it be football, uh, like Rob Gronkowski, who might look uh, to find a career in the WWE. They definitely want her uh, career to be a success, and whether she does get booed, she didn't. Didn't have that bad of a you know a reception at the Rumble, but we'll see. Maybe she'll get some piped-in cheers. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, if it's before or after the Oscar versus Nia Jax match, which will be interesting, maybe we might get a, a better idea where this WrestleMania season is going to go. But uh, with that said, Oscar versus Nia Jax, guys. Uh, wait, if- wait, wait, wait! You think she's not going to do anything but squash matches for eight months? This Oscar Nia Jax match is interesting because I think that's what's going to happen with what's going to happen with Rousey. Now, there's a few options because if Jax wins, she's added to the title match at WrestleMania 34 to make it a triple threat with Asuka and the champion. That's an option, right? Okay, well, what if Asuka does win and the streak continues? She goes to WrestleMania to fight the champion or somebody else. She has not picked a Raw champion. She has not even said maybe she could go towards the SmackDown champion. I mean, with with Rousey interfering in Asuka's Rumble win, maybe they do the route of Asuka versus Ronda because, honestly, they built Asuka up kind of to, to go against a celeb of this caliber uh, in Ronda Rousey. Granted, she could suck or she could sink or swim with this. You know, she could be really good or she could be really bad. We're not going to know it. But if anybody's going to get the rub off of beating Asuka... Who better to give it to than Ronda Rousey coming in and uh, just solidifying her in WWE oh, history? God. How how is she gonna get Ronda Rousey though? because she's challenging the champion. They haven't said that though. Like yeah, but like I mean, like she's go- she's going to have a title match regardless. I I, w- I think it would be I don't I don't think it would be smart booking to say hey you know what I'm not gonna have a title match even though I I earned the spot at WrestleMania I'm gonna wrestle Ronda Rousey. Okay, well that's. I, right. I, well, that's one route. Okay, so it's, it's, if I think she, that's she, not going to happen. Okay, if she doesn't, uh, she doesn't do that. Then you have the other option of Oscar versus Alexa Bliss. That's going to be like either a squash fest if that she does retain in the chamber, or does she jump ship and challenge Charlotte, leaving another option that's for? That's what I want to see more than anything. And then if that happens, then you kind of leave the option of. Does Ra- does Ra- uh, Ronda team with somebody to go against like a Triple H and Stephanie at Mania, and is that that someone uh, the Rock or whomever else? They got to have something for Ronda at Mania, so it could be interesting. Maybe she even gets thrown in to the match. Uh, whether it's maybe it's Ronda versus Oscar versus the the Raw Women's Champion. I don't know. There's so many oh, options. That though. would be so much backlash if so, that happens. So many options. I know. Just getting that championship match. It's there's yeah. no clear path though. That's what I'm saying. You know what I've what I've read um, for the whole Ronda thing. It's it's going to be her and Stephanie McMahon in some sort of fashion. Whether it's going to be a tag match um, with Stephanie and Hunter, 
versus Ronda. And I've heard three names thrown out there, Ronda's partner. The Rock. The Rock, Braun, and Kurt Angle. Those are the three names that I've heard. Um, I, I don't want to see that. You know what match I want to see at WrestleMania? Simply because there's there's real heat, in my opinion. Well, not in my opinion. I heard it. Was, Charlotte and Ronda? No. was Sasha Banks versus Ronda Rousey. Because Sasha Banks was had an interview on Busted Open, and they asked I her about the this. Ronda. And I she completely this. blew it off. She's like, they told me that if I never had anything nice to say, not to say anything at all. Like I'm like, okay. I'm like, in real life, this bitch will whoop your ass. But you know what? If you're building something or you're, you're going to business for yourself, I, I see what you're doing there. I think that should be a match at WrestleMania. No title match. You know, Sasha thinks she's the boss of the women's division and she's going to have to take on the biggest threat right now, which is technically Ronda Rousey, who isn't in the title picture. I think that match should happen. I, You know, with Stephanie McMahon, like, granted... Ronda is a natural athlete. The the girl can fight. And I think when me coming from the MMA background, you can adapt so easily to stuff. And I think Ronda's a natural athlete that I think she might not stink up the joint. I think she might be good in the ring. So I, I, I don't think uh, putting uh, her with Stephanie is like a safety thing. But at the same time, I think she'll be fine without Stephanie. No, she's she's not a Shayna Baszler who, who, who had that fucking ability to adapt to wrestling we don't know this because she's a one she was a one-dimensional fighter she was great at one thing (laughs) ronda rousey uh, listen uh, what a pioneer but jesus christ uh, we don't know cooter i had no idea you were sitting in on the training sessions listen i didn't know you were either I I don't know. I'm telling you, I don't know. She could stink up the joint. I'm throwing out my opinion that she actually might not. I I have confidence that she's actually going to be better than what you're saying. It's it, it, she's going to be a fucking circus show, and you know it. Now, guys, this all leads back into even more going into the women's elimination chamber match because okay, I threw out the weird concept of an Oscar versus a Ronda Rousey kind of a match. Now, if you got Nia Jax winning, she's going to be added to that match, which. I don't really see I, I, I see in any other option for her having a wrestle a good WrestleMania match besides being thrown into this match. But then, so now you have Oscar Streak ending. Nia Jax is in the WrestleMania match, but on top of that, who's going in as champion? Because it's Bailey versus Mandy Rose. Odd. Mickey James. Okay. Sonya Deville. Odd. Sasha Banks. Okay. And the champion Alexa Bliss. I throw Mandy and Sonya in there because. Do you see them walking out as the women's champion? On like it, they just joined Raw and they're thrown into this match just because they don't have any other women or whatnot. But yeah, they needed to fill uh, fill and, some gaps. And honestly, you I know think what I'll, though, mm, Sonya Deville is not that bad of a worker. No, not at all. Still new to I get think, that championship though. Still new, I think. Still a little green on that to where she still got some work to go. Hey, Cooter, you know where Sonya Deville came from. I know she came from the MMA world. Absolutely. Next match. (laughs) Well, she she also wasn't a one-dimensional fighter, Mike. All right then. Well, thank you, Alexa Bliss. Quiet. Uh, never mind. Go on, because because if I argue back, we're never going to get through this card. Okay. <laughs> Alexa Bliss, I feel, is going to be losing her championship going in because your best bets coming out of that match are Bailey and Sasha Banks. But guys, who are we seeing at WrestleMania? Are we going to see Nia versus Oscar versus Bailey, or is it going to be Nia versus Oscar versus Sasha, 
or just Oscar versus Bailey or Sasha. Like, I don't see anybody. Uh, trust me, I would love a Mickey James, but not going to happen. Mandy Rose, not going to happen. Sonya Deville, not going to happen. Your only two options, I think, to win this are Bailey or Sasha. But what's the better story out of this, guys? And uh, is Bliss really? Should she really even hold on to the championship going into WrestleMania? I don't see that as a, a draw for like Bliss versus Oscar. That's like that's a squash to me. But so many options, so many ways to happen, guys. Who do you really want to walk out of this women's elimination chamber as champion going into Mania? Oh, you know what's great about this is that anybody who doesn't win this, they're going to be automatically uh, entered into the first annual Big Bertha Faye Memorial uh, Battle Royal at WrestleMania. And I can't wait for that match. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. Um, if anybody's going to win, I mean, no. Uh, I, think, I think if they're going to put it on anybody, it'd be Sasha Banks. If, they, if, if they're going to change it title no and then you have sasha versus oscar at wrestlemania which they didn't have a bad match on raw and i'd be okay with seeing it on wrestlemania um yeah i mean looking at it i mean bailey hasn't really done anything to really convince me mickey james i i you know as much as you know she deserves it i i don't see it and then the other two, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, it's not their time yet. And I think they're just there to fill spots. Yeah. It, 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 out of all the matches happening at Elimination Chamber, the women's match for this is kind of like, uh, there's just so many people I don't want to win, as opposed to the men's, where it could be just anybody could win it. But it, it really narrows it down. I don't think they have confidence with Alexa going into Mania with that belt. So this is where I think she's going to change it. Uh, but hey, we're, the women's championship match is an unknown right now, so it's definitely going to be uh, something to talk about uh, next week to to how this all you know unfolded. Uh, but there's other matches on this show. I know we talked a lot about the women's and their whole uh, what could have happened with this. But guys, Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt has been made for this match. Again, there we go. The Raw 25th anniversary. We saw it at 205 Live in Poughkeepsie. Uh, you know, now we're having it at the Elimination Chamber. It's not happening at Mania. Maybe it might happen at Mania. But could could the Woken Universe be turned into the Broken Universe? Can we see, I don't know, the, the, the Broken Family come out? Something's got to give with this. Something's got to give I, to where something happens. Something changes with this match, right? I think they kind of like just... I, these promos on Raw going back and forth just are really driving me nuts. I think they have to introduce the Broken Universe on Sunday. If they don't, I don't want to see this on my screen anymore. And it's sad because I I really, really wanted to see Matt Hardy back as Broken Hardy. I really did. And like they're just not going anywhere with this right now. So they, I, th- I feel like if they don't introduce us to a Senor Benjamin, a King Maxwell, or just you know the Broken Universe itself in its entirety, then I, I move on, please. I don't want to see this. Baby steps, Mike. Baby steps. We're lucky we got a woken, almost broken Matt Hardy. You know, now, now, now. You want everything now? You gotta relax. It's been two months. Find some ring rats, get a hand job in the back alley, and just wait. They've been having laughing promos for it's two great. months. Oh, it's <laughs> terrible, I know. But you know what? I, I guarantee you. You can't be patient with this. No, you can't. But you know what's going to happen is that fucking they're going to 
team Matt Hardy with Bray Wyatt, and we're going to have to hear Credo screaming for the next three <laughs> months. Why did we put two fucking singles wrestlers together? Maybe that's where this is going. No, don't, don't give him ideas. Uh, but yeah, uh, something's got to give with this match because, I mean, this could have been a, a WrestleMania-esque match if they really built it up right. And yeah, it's been kind of getting kind of silly, if you will, to where something's we're at that breaking point where something's got to give, and hopefully it gives in this match, or else I don't know really where we're going to see these guys at WrestleMania. But uh, uh, Titus O'Neil and Apollo are getting a tag team championship match uh, at Elimination Chamber versus Cesaro and Sheamus. I think this is just a, a throwaway match till Mania. I do not see uh, Titus and Apollo walking away tag team champions, especially going into Mania. Uh, guys, just a filler match. What do we say? Yeah. Just placeholder. Placeholder. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. We really don't have any other teams being built up for a, a title shot for Mania. I mean, come to think about it. At this point in time, I can't really think of any other tag teams. Now that, now that you bring that up, too, you're absolutely correct. I, I revival, can't. baby. we got to do something with the revival, right? The revival, but then you have two heel teams. Hmm. And that, that just ain't going to work. Well, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. We, but you know what? It would make a great match. It would make a fantastic match, but for a WrestleMania, you always want either that face versus face or face versus heel dynamic. I mean, a heel versus heel at WrestleMania, there's really no culmination there. Yeah. Well, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. You got the, you know, the, the good brothers, the, you know, the Balor club. You got those guys too. Uh, yeah, uh, they true. really haven't done too much with them anyway, but it's just a throwaway match. I think something's going to happen where they're going to have some kind of a tag team turmoil thing at mania. We'll see. Uh, not too much to talk about that, though. But, guys, this is what's really interesting uh, and could be said at the same time. The Elimination Chamber to crown a new WWE Universal number one contender. Uh, John Cena versus Elias versus Braun Strowman versus Roman Reigns uh, versus the Intercontinental Champion, The Miz, versus Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. Uh, Miz enters at number one. Elias enters at number six. Winner faces the Universal Champion Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 34. Guys, everybody's saying it. Everybody's saying it's Roman Reigns, where it's just an obvious winner match. But is it really? Is it really that obvious? Because they definitely made it a little bit of a guessing game leading into Elimination Chamber. Is that just the whole point, so that we can get Roman Reigns versus Brock again, or? Did Seth Rollins happen to, to shake the crowd a little bit on Monday to where they might be rethinking? I hope this is all a swerve. I, I really swerves. do. Because last year they were planning when Roman beat Taker and when Brock won the Universal title, the next day Vince was planning Brock versus Roman at WrestleMania 34. They planned this match a year in advance. And it's just been hammered down our throats and when vince wants something vince gets it he doesn't give a damn what we think he he puts out there what he wants so it, it's the writing is on the wall it's roman i'm just really hoping that they just swerve the shit out of us i don't want to see roman but unfortunately i mean as of right now that's what we're going to get we're not going to get a finn balor we're not going to get an elias definitely you know if they didn't have Braun versus Brock at No Mercy, and that match honestly stunk up the joint. 
I don't think they had great chemistry. But if they didn't have that match, I'd be like, all right, I'm all about Brock versus Braun <laughs> at Mania. But that that match isn't going to happen. And and even if it does, like I'm not as interested as I would have been if that match never happened. So I and and Cena, I don't really want to see Cena. He he lost that that magic of this breaking the record for me at least. It's just the writing's on the wall. It's going to be Roman, and I hate saying it, but. Yeah, it's a Roman Reigns win. You know what? You say that, and it makes me want to punch a baby. Because I'm oh. usually on the same page with Mike, and I, for you to say because they had the match at No Mercy, they're not going to do it at Mania. I never said they're not going to do it. you got to listen to what I'm saying. you got to listen to what I'm saying. No, said I said earlier on the for book. me. Listen, I said for me, if they didn't do that match at No Mercy... I'd care more about it, but I, I thought that match was horrible. Yeah, but you know why that match was horrible? Why? It, it, it really looked like the, 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 the knee to Lesnar, which caused him to fucking literally punch fucking Braun's head Rumble. off. That was the Royal Rumble. That's not No Mercy. Wait a minute. <laughs> what am I thinking of? You're like, thinking of the Royal Rumble. I'm talking about No Mercy back in, I believe it was October. You're right. My fault. But when you sit there and you act like they they don't have that hmm. that chemistry, it's like I, I disagree because like I thought that that the match from the Rumble was was that Rumble? Wait a minute. They Kane was in the match at the Rumble. It was a triple threat. Oh no yeah. wonder you. And then the, the other thing about No Mercy too is it took one F five. To put down Braun Strowman. So, like, for me, it's like I already saw the F5. I, I saw this, like, me personally. Now, granted, there's other people that are going to disagree with me, and that's fine, but it just doesn't have that same magic of giant versus giant for me. It, it doesn't do it for me because I saw it already. If they had a great match at No Mercy, then I'd be like, okay, I'd be interested, but I, I just. I don't know, and maybe I am wrong, but for me, I just I just can't get into it. I can't. I would love to if they build it up a Finn Balor, but they just haven't booked it correctly. So, and Finn Balor is my favorite wrestler, and if I do in the chain, I'll mark out. But it's not going to happen because Vince doesn't have that confidence in him. Now, guys, uh, Roman Reigns, WrestleMania 32, beats Triple H in the main event, wins the WWE Championship. WrestleMania 33 beats The Undertaker in a fucking sloppy match. Uh, okay. This year, he goes in to face Brock again, the match that they really had a few years ago, but then, you know, Seth cashes in to where they didn't really have the full match. It kind of saved the <laughs> saved the show, if you will. But uh, do Because we if that was the case, we would have had Roman Reigns closing the show three years in a row and them all being stinkers. And the thing is, too, though, if he goes into Mania, do we need another Roman Reigns victory again, you know, walking out the last thing we see on the pay-per-view of uh, the belt in that, that short amount of time? I feel like, trust me, I get why Roman Reigns is where he is, but there's so many other guys that could be doing this, especially guys like Braun Strowman, who's had one hell of a year. The fans are behind him. Finn Balor, a lot of he has a lot of fans that want to see him get back into that spot where you know uh, he'd never even lost that championship. And it's like we get it; what they keep going back to Roman. But guys, with, with how, whatever the outcome is in this match, if it is Roman Reigns, 
do you have any kind of prediction where these other guys are going towards Mania? If you could just like, okay, well, if Roman Reigns wins this number one contendership, then Finn Balor is going to do this, and then maybe Elias is going to do this. Do you guys see like a, a road for these <laughs> other guys yet, or no? And this image just popped in my head. And, and you know what? I'd be totally content with this. I don't care. It'd, it'd be a different ending at WrestleMania. When Roman Reigns beats Brock Lesnar, I, I hope Carmella cashes in. I really do. That, that that just because that's the only person that has an actual contract of money in the bank, just just ruin the match for me, please. Just ruin. The, I'd rather see Carmella try to cash in than Roman Reigns closing out the show on top again. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to the other guys in the match, like Braun Strowman, I I really think that they're still gonna dig back to the Triple H match. Um, they were the, the way it went across at Survivor Series and then the night after they, they really hinted at something there. Um, and I just, I just think they have to go back to that or, but they are known for just sweeping under the rug and just pretending like it never happened. But I think they, they should. And I think since if Braun's not going to be in the title picture, I think he should be in a top tier match and a guy like Triple H, you know, you're going against one of the company's top guys Ugh. when it comes to Finn Balor. You can do the John Cena match again, or you can do the IC title match with The Miz. Elias, he can do the halftime show. I, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out a place for Elias. And, and honestly, I mean, Elias is great in the ring, but I, I think him doing a halftime show at Mania would be epic. <laughs> here's, here's, <clears throat> excuse me. I, I got to say this, and I don't want to be that fucking angry mark who who makes threats but if roman reigns does win that elimination chamber i will literally cancel my subscription oh no 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 no. not not because like you know what i you know what not because i'm mad more because you know what the old adage is if if you don't like what you're seeing then don't watch it and maybe I'm at a point where my time as a WWE fan is over because you know what? They're gearing towards kids and they're gearing towards something that I can't get behind personally anymore. If that's the way they are going, then you know what? I maybe need to uh, hmm. wish them the best in their future endeavors and, and seek out other, uh, you know, promotions, watch more ring of honor, watch more. Cause I won't watch mania. If he's headlining that card, I, I commend I, you. If you do that, I really do because I really as much as much as I complain about a Roman Reigns and I complain about the booking, like I'm, I'm still going to watch. That that's the thing. I, I'm, st- I will proudly admit I'm still going to watch. I'm going to watch and discuss, hoping for something to happen. But I, I'm still going to watch. And that cannot close out Mania. I mean, that has to go to AJ Styles and Shinsky to where there's no way in their smart heads that they can think putting on Roman and Brock in the very last match is going to be fucking good for. TV, especially if he's got that threads. fucking hard on, and that's the other thing because just because you win the rumble and you you're guaranteed that main event at WrestleMania, you're, that doesn't mean you close out the show. Hmm. I mean, think back to I think it was it was Edge and Del Rio. I forget who was the champ. I think Edge was the champ, <laughs> and Del Rio had won the rumble that year. Yep, and they were opening they the opener? show. They it opened like, the show. Yeah, that wasn't the main event. There's no guarantee for that, Chris. And it's, it's funny. 
it's funny you bring that up because I remember in an interview or not an interview they 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 had this video on WB.com before the Royal Rumble where where people actually sat down and watched the Royal Rumble and they were giving their commentary and then Randy Orton was giving his commentary on. He's like, "Oh, look at me! I just threw out Roman to win the main event spot at WrestleMania, even though Roman still main evented WrestleMania." <laughs> like just the way he said it, he said it so funny. But like you bring that up, and it, it's so true. But I mean, it, okay, if you're booking the show, you have to know people are going to boo Roman Reigns. Uh, but do you put the Universal Championship on? Like uh, for me, their best bet is to put it on the middle of the show, get it over with, and then save the the main event for AJ and Nakamura to where I, I I can just see them. I could just see every wrestling fan just being like, "This is ridiculous!" To where they're just gonna boo the house down because it's the main event. I I think fans are at that point to where it's not John Cena where, yeah, we boo at him, but we still kind of like want to watch John Cena match sometimes to where it's like, okay, we get it. We're sick of Roman. Just fucking do whatever you want to do with him. Boo. Get him off uh, our, our set. I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see where this place is if that does happen. I mean. I got a question for you. Good change. Honestly, because um, I don't remember. Did Goldberg and Brock Lesnar – were they right before Undertaker and Roman? Yeah, Undertaker and Roman closed the show, but they weren't I know that. before that. What were, no, they before weren't. Before that. Uh, before Undertaker and Roman was the SmackDown women's title match. Yeah, women's. That that like not like that like all out like all the women on the SmackDown roster were in the title match. So basically, both men's titles were like mid card. Yes. That's fucked. Cause I, my, my thought process is, is Brock Lesnar, does he have a big enough ego and think that he has to stroke to say, hey, fuck you, you know, I'm the draw of your company. I'm, I'm. He's probably the highest paid guy on that card. Yeah. Why am I not closing the show? Type. He's of still shit. getting paid, so he. I don't think he's getting his fuck money. Well, yeah. Well, let me throw this out to you really quick too uh, before we finish up here because. Uh, there's been a lot of wacky finishes the past few weeks to where, you know, Cena went over Balor. Odd. Uh, but then we also had, uh, since Balor was out, he also got a, re- he got a rematch for a, la- uh, a second chance to be in this uh, chamber match. Okay. And now all of a sudden we get Seth Rollins in, uh, added to the match and making it a seven-man. Okay. Is there going to be some kind of dusty finish, if you will, to where... You know, the number one contender is going to be between two guys or something to that effect? Or are we going to have one guy walking out of here? Ugh, Roman Reigns. Uh, it, it's just <laughs> been a lot of wacky finishes lately to where I'm like, I, I don't, I'm going to be shocked if it's clean or if it's just one person. I don't know. I think I, it's it's kind of tough to do that in the elimination chain. Yeah, in a pay-per-view, too. It's like if you're not sending these people home happy or at least with, with an understanding of what's going on the next day, like, oh my god, now not, we got to wait until Monday Night Raw to see what the uh, fuck they're uh, going to do. Yeah, but not not just that, but just the fact that it's an elimination-style match in the mm-hmm. chamber. I don't think you can pull off a dust or like a like a finish like that. If it was like a Royal Rumble, then you could pull off that that, you know, 1994 finish with Luger and Brett going out at the same time. But I think in an elimination chamber-style match, I, I don't think you can do that. I I think Regardless, there remember, has to be one man standing. Remember Austin versus Brett passing out in his own blood. Austin never yeah, gave but up. You, 
You, yeah, but they still, well, okay. he, couldn't, he couldn't continue the match. <laughs> yeah, like I could see somebody being put in a submission, but <clears throat> also being in a pinning combination. And the ref counts one, two, and then the person in the submission taps right as he hits three. So there's a pinfall and a submission at the same time. <laughs> what do we do? This was the elimination chamber. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, well, at, at the end of the day, okay, Roman Reigns, who's the one person you would want to walk out winning Sunday, Cooter. Who's the one person out of all these guys that you truly want to win? Not the smart uh, choice, just your guy. Who'd you want? My to guy. Who'd you want to see you know, walking my, out of this? Oh God, I, uh, I would love to see the Miz, and 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 only because he's been that guy who's talked about how important the Intercontinental Title is. He's brought prestige back to it. Blah 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 blah. You know, I'm not a part-time champion that's here like every. Four- and he said that up. So it's kind of like a nice nod, like, fuck you, I'm the real champion. So, I, and, and like, Miz is no slouch. I mean, I'm, you know, Brock would mop the floor with him. But, like, you know, they could build that story behind it. It would be cool for me. All right. What about you, uh, Minority Mike? Uh, I'm going to go. I mean, I, I want Finn Balor just because he's my guy. Will it happen? Probably not, but that's that's my choice sure. right there out of all the guys. And crush on Balor. <laughs> hey, yo, you are the, like a troll tonight. Okay, it's pro wrestling. A real right? big troll. <laughs> well, you know, I love the Miz choice because uh, we would love to see him in there. I love the Finn Balor choice because he deserves it. Uh, you know, we got Seth Rollins in there, but out of anybody, guys, I would totally love to see Braun Strowman. And the guy fucking flipped the Mack truck. He should be able to flip uh, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania because that would be an awesome match. Beast versus Monster. Uh, he did not kick out of the F5. That's right. Uh, but, guys, it's going to be a crazy weekend. The first ever women's uh, Elimination Chamber match. Uh, Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt. Ronda Rousey is going to be signing a contract. Will Asuka lose her streak? And will I got I- a question. Oh, no. It's going to be it's, it's the road, right? We're on the road. I have a question for you guys. Which chamber match closes the show? The guys, mm. guys for sure. The women already main evented the last pay per view or the Rumble, if you will, with their Rumble match. So I have to go to the guys on this one because there's more of an intrigue to that 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 main mm. event match. You know what though, Credo? You know that big money that they got to pay Ronda Rousey. I mean, that's what's gonna be interesting. Uh, I don't know, man. I could see her like coming in and making some sort of an impact on that match somehow and screwing somebody over like there's a lot of i don't know like, man you know like oh that would be interesting credo you and i were kind of discussing this a little bit what if the chamber match the women's chamber match closes the show and just as soon as they're about to start that match next thing you know paul Heyman comes out mm. and says if the men can have seven competitors so can the women and introduces his new client, Ronda Rousey, into the uh, That right there would, I'll tell you what, because besides Bailey and Sasha, everybody else is like, eh, in this chamber match. And fucking adding Ronda Rousey into this to where you have, you know, all these girls working with each other. It's not a focal point on just Ronda in a match. You could kind of build her up a little bit. It could be interesting. And oh, that would put her in the main event against an Asuka. Uh, to where there you go. There's your Oscar versus uh, Ronda Rousey kind of a match. Uh, you watch. They that give Ronda gonna... the championship right away. I'm saying. You watch. 
You watch. That bitch is going to be such a stinker. She's going to look like the fucking bearded lady at the circus. And you're paying that bitch top dollar. Mark my word, bitches. You heard it here first. The hater. The the fucking original hater. The angry one himself. Or as Mike called me, a troll, bitch. He's a troll tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He is a troll. He's hating on everything. This is coming from the guy who put out the angry cooter Lana sex tape. (laughs) I'm the troll. Fuck you. I'm excited Listen. for it. It's, it's definitely going to be an interesting weekend. Uh, I think, like I said, man, they're putting all their money behind Ronda and making sure this Can't is let going to be a success. Can't let going to just cut that off before. Boom! Show's over, bitches. And I'm out. This is going to be a success for her. And I'm telling you, if that's the last match, I think we're going to see something like that, Mike. I think someone, something funky is going to be happening. Somebody's going to be added to that chamber if the women do go on last. So it's, a, it's an interesting concept. But guys, we're on that road to WrestleMania. Thanks for tuning in. Another wrestlingpodcast.com each and every week. Mm-hmm.